and we're back. Thanks again for joining us on the Coruscant Nights podcast. We're happy to have you here. My name is Cooper, and alongside me, as always, is Mark. Hello there. And Jack. Hello, everybody. No. Damn it. We're not going with this, this is, is the way. way. No, no, no. But we're talking time. about the Mandalorian. Yeah, not this time, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, Sorry. <laughs> well, that's a bit of a disappointing way to start. Alas, we will continue. Today, we're going to be talking about season. I was going to say season seven. That's a bit <laughs> silly. Today, we're going to talk about season three, episode seven of The Mandalorian. And we'll get into what we liked, what we disliked. We'll go over the story just a little bit and where our heads are at heading into the finale. And some theories that we might Yes, and be some coming. theories, of course. Yeah. Yep. Um, just a reminder, we do this every week. Socials, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, uh, Patreon. Did I say that? No. I do not believe so. Okay, good. And we're now on Apple Podcasts, so if Spotify is a bit of an inconvenient service for you to use, um, Apple Podcasts is available for you there as well. All the episodes are up as well. So, episode 7, we'll jump straight in. It was titled The Spies, directed by Rick Famuyiwa, and ran for 52 minutes, and a little treat for us Mandalorian watchers, it was written by Jon Favreau and Dave Filoni. Now, Mark, I usually go to you first, so I'm going to go to Jack. What did you think of the episode overall? Um, overall, clearly it was the best in the season so far. I think that's objective. Mm. If, if, if anyone else disagrees, then fair enough, I guess. But in my opinion, it was the most plot-centred uh, episode, and it had my all-time favourite Mandal- Mandalorian character, uh, Moff Gideon, without yes. the Mo. So, Mo is Mo- uh, Moff is Mo- Moless. Moff is Moless. Mo- yeah. <laughs> Put that on a shirt. Yeah, literally. But um, I think even beside Moff, I think just having a more directed villain for the Mandalorians is just far, far stronger for the show. And also now that he's upgraded uh, the uh, Dark Trooper armor for himself and he's got some funky-ass Darth Maul um, helmet, then uh, it just makes it better for everyone to watch the finale, we hope. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Mark? Yeah, and I agree with Jack there with Moff, and I guess we'll probably go into it later, won't we, about if he was there from the start of the season, we oh, would yes. we would have had such like so much less filler, so much more plot development, yeah. and the story it, and the whole season itself would have been so much better and more enjoyable. But as Jack said, this is definitely the best episode. Uh, I think we'll definitely touch on the season as a whole and where maybe the Moff storyline could have uh, developed into the whole season. I, I do agree that it was a really good episode. If you've seen our Instagram page, we gave it scores. I think Jack gave it a nine, nine, and, nine a half. and a half. You, nine. Mark, gave it a nine. I gave it an eight and a half. I'd probably drop mine down to an eight just because there were some inconsistencies I noticed. And especially putting it in uh, the season that it's been, it's kind of a little bit uh, eh, frustrating in a sense. So, what? you? That's so stiff. After the after yeah, the after the Lizzo and Jack Black episode, <laughs> <laughs> from probably no, the worst I, Mandalorian episode ever to like one of the coolest I, action. I think maybe I'm just trying to say that the season has lacked direction and it's been hard <clears throat> to follow that through um, into this episode and probably into the finale as well. Yeah, I get that, but it, it, we we are breaking it episodically, not yeah, a, I know, I know. As a whole, yeah, and we'll yeah. we'll look at the season as a whole next week. Um, but for the moment, I just thought it was a great episode it was really good great action great dialogue great interactions with characters um but yeah story just didn't do it for me and uh yeah, that's really all i can say 
I can't really add any more than that. <laughs> we'll get we'll get mm. more into the specific details in a minute, but we'll go over the plot really quickly because most of you who are watching this or listening to it, sorry, have seen the episode. Yes. So uh, there's only two real main plot lines that happen. We get the reintroduction of Moff Gideon on Coruscant. And he's talking to the Shadow Council. Actually, Moff Gideon's not on Coruscant. He, his so hologram. he gets the yeah, hologram sorry, yeah. on Coruscant. Yeah. And then he's in. He's with the Shadow Council, which I believe, I think, I don't know if it's confirmed, but it was on Mandalore, right? He was already there. The background I, looked eerily the yeah, same as when I they were running through. Would, I didn't even think of that. I just didn't really mm. think at all about where it could be. Well, I, I think that's was... why they said also had the curse of the Mandal- the Mandalore planet is cursed because they also probably want to have that hideout as a base because oh, no yeah, one wants point. to go there. That's a good point. We get the kind of overall reveal that the Empire is hiding Grand Admiral Thrawn's return, which we kind of have had hints about. We knew uh, he was out there after that uh, name drop in Season 2 of The Mandalorian and even with his confirmation to be in the Ahsoka series, so we knew he was coming. I thought the timing was pretty impeccable, that it was announced at Star Wars Celebration um, that Lars Mikkelsen was playing him, and, uh, you know, we got the Ahsoka trailer showing him right before we got this episode. I think that was almost a coincidence, though. I, I have a feeling they did not plan, plan yeah, that. Yeah, no much. way. I <laughs> yeah. honestly wasn't even... I didn't even think about Thrawn, or when they dropped his name in the episode, I was actually kind of surprised. I shouldn't yeah. have been, probably, but, yeah, I wasn't expecting it. I'm just going to chip in quickly. I think it's good that this is kind of the way they're moving the Empire slash potential First Order forward, that it's the reintroduction of Grand Admiral Thrawn that's really going to usher the Empire back in. I, is the, has the Battle of Jakku taken place at this point? No. It's, it's, it's the, Isn't mm, the Battle of Jakku before the Death Star? After. Or that's or after. It's directly just after. after. It's directly yeah. after. Yeah, no, so it's so already happened. I'd say it would have, yeah. Because the new republic's already been but set up. I think now, yeah, I think now it's more leaning into the. Um, how many years is it before Force Awakens? It's I don't know. I don't know, but I feel like it's at least got to be. It's n- it's not going to be more than twenty, because oh, that no, that will no, just no. make no no sense for Kylo. But to be fair, age. like the new republic's already fairly established, and it's kind of already heading towards. That's what I'm saying. I think we almost missed. So if you're not counting the Battlefront Two campaign, it. After after Return of the Jedi, I feel like when the New Republic set into shape, it probably would have just been like almost five to ten years after that because yeah, it feels like they're still not knowing where, what direction they want to heading head yeah. in, yeah. which is why they're so unorganized and weren't really expecting almost to be in charge of the galaxy now after yeah. the Empire's mm-hmm. downfall. Yeah. I like that Thrawn's coming back. I yeah. think that he yeah. was a really menacing character in Rebels. He's a really smart character as well. This is what I really love, how, like you said, Thrawn being... You could say the main, Thanos. the main, well, not really Thanos, but just the <laughs> main like guy for the em- for the what's left of the empire. Yeah. Well, I think, in my opinion, and I think quite a few people's opinions, that Thrawn is going to become the Thanos of the Mandoverse, who will be the main villain of the movie. I'm assuming because Dave Filoni's Mandoverse movie. Um, but also having, uh, I prefer. Okay, so I was a, I did like Thrawn in Rebels. I just thought some of the situations he was in, it almost made it look like he didn't think ahead of, like, the Rebels. And I was like, well, he's definitely smarter than them. And, and I've read the books. So I've read yeah, all his Thrawn books and all the Heir to the Emperor, the three, the trilogy of Timothy Zahn. And he's just so much more menacing, I think, in there. So I hope we get that. I've still got to read them. Yeah, they're yeah. good books. And so. in Rebels, he was more so associated with just that, the Ghost Crew and, like, mm. the small little bit of the Rebellion, whereas... Mm. 
now he's obviously dealing with the whole empire coming back. Anyway, we kind of got off track yeah. there. Um, I mean, to quickly just end there, feel I just, free. I feel just free. wanted to say, I know how much I say about the sequels, but I this is what I mean by I really like Thrawn coming in as like the main villain, as opposed to the First Order, and mm. he might lead into it. You never know, but yeah, possibly. I think he's just. I think. Thrawn and the remnants of the Empire make for a better antagonist than the First Order. Yeah, I, I reckon so as well. I mean, not that's not to take anything away from the First Order because they certainly are fairly menacing. I mean, they built a, they made a whole planet become a, a Death Star and killed trillions of well, billions of people. All right, just Probably just trillions. I know I know Probably. we just mentioned and we're on a tangent, but, but the <laughs> the going. plot the plot is small as hell. So I'm just gonna quickly yeah. quickly just say. An interjection with what it, Mark was saying about the sequels. Actually, I think I'm an avid sequel hater, right? But I think what they're doing now with the Praetorian Guards, with that stupid line in uh, in Rise of Skywalker, somehow Palpatine's return is actually going to have greater meaning after all these shows and stuff, showing how like they literally the Rebels and the Resistance and all of them had zero idea how what happened behind the scenes for Palpatine to return. Like, I know you can't really do a Clone Wars. Well, I think they're almost trying, but I think it actually make me enjoy the sequels mm. a bit more over the horrible writing that was those three <laughs> movies. You could call it damage control. Yeah, exactly. And just to add another plug, um, because I can, because, you know, this is our show. Uh, if you are an avid sequel hater or an avid sequel lover, you will love my new YouTube video, which is a Rise of Skywalker rewrite called Rise of the Resistance. I highly recommend you go check it out. I put a lot of effort and time into it. Um, so yeah, definitely go check yeah, it out. It's very interesting. I would definitely will give it a watch. Well, thank you. And if you like Kylo Ren, it makes him look better, which is good. Well, thank you. Yes, <laughs> that's yeah, that's that was the aim. All right, back to the plot, because, I mean, we kind of went on a bit of a rant there. Uh, the Mandalorian plot... Bo kind of assembles both groups on Navarro, then they head off to uh, Mandalore. They leave the fleet above the atmosphere. They send a scouting mission down. Din's a part of and it. Actually, most of the main characters are a part of it. To quickly say one thing before you continue yeah, with this. Yeah, right. I know where he's going with this. This thread. I don't know if he does or not. I just wanted to mention with the cinematography oh, no. how I really enjoyed oh, yes. like the scene, just the scene of them dropping down to the surface that was of Mandalore. Very cool. I thought that was a really cool shot. But also, a part of the crew that eventually comes the, with the ship with Din is also, we did skip it, but it's not too relevant, but um, Grogu's in the IG-12. Oh, yeah, now. I completely forgot about so, that. And that was that scene beforehand when he was spamming yes and no was very accurate to a child, so yes, I enjoyed it. Yes, that's what I was thinking yeah. as well. I was thinking, oh, mm. it's a bit annoying, but on the other hand, mm. it's kind of, you know, it's what you'd expect from mm. a child. So I think I just skipped over it because it's just, Grogu's been rendered... Yeah. useless in this scene. I also but this hopefully will oh, give sorry. him more for the final episode having a actual droid body almost now. Yeah, he can actually do things mm-hmm. physically. I was just going to mention how it seemed at first kind of different or odd to hear him actually giving a proper answer to a thing like mm-hmm. yes or no. Mm-hmm. I know that's all he could say. So but... cute though, so cute. <laughs> well, it's clear you can understand what people are saying, you just can't speak. speak. And the the um what is it? Bad baby. That's the little, the little <laughs> yeah. guy said. No squeezy. No squeezy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was good. Uh, okay. Um, so they're on Mandalore. They went exploring. They found a group of lone Mandalorian Survivors. wanderers um, who I thought left them at the end of the episode. Oh, actually, yes, they did. Sorry. They were taken up by the armor. Mm. Um, they Sussy. Kind of, they kind of come together. 
very shortly. It's kind of weird. This is a slow part of the episode. Yeah. And then a creature comes out of the ground. I thought it was the Mythosaur, but no. It was I another it crazy big well. creature. It was a turtle. And, and this continues the theme that we've mentioned a few times of great beasts and creatures mm-hmm. yeah. being... Also, what? though, Bo's speech on the ship was very good, showing oh, yes. how that she actually did surrender to um, the Empire when the Night of a Thousand Tears happened, mm. but Moff literally betrayed her straight away. So yeah. that just shows how dodgy that guy is. Mm. Yeah. Well, that's what makes him compelling. Yeah. If only we saw that, we better see a flashback mm. of that, I swear. Uh, they go into a cave, and then they're attacked by a bunch of... I thought they were Super Commandos. Um, don't know if they are or not, but they were wearing white Beskar armor. It definitely reminded me of Gar Saxon's crew and the Imperial um, Mandalorians from Rebels. Uh, but uh, I guess it could be just Imps. troopers in in armor. I think because the only reason why I don't back Cooper's point for that one is because of how poor the hand-to-hand combat was. And I feel like if you're a Republic... If you're an Imperial Commando trooper, you would actually know hand-to-hand combat. Yeah, like they looked so bad. It literally looked like a stormtrooper person, just with good armor. Especially to the standard of being able to combat with a Mandalorian. Yeah. But if I might just add quickly, they did have yellow blaster bolts, and that's what the super commandos okay. have in Rebels. So I don't remember maybe... the I don't remember the bolts. Yeah. I watched I. it twice, but I can't well, say that. I looked... didn't, I'm pretty sure Bo has yellow bolts, doesn't she? Maybe that was hers. Honestly, I don't remember. I watched the episode twice, and I don't. I can't say I look at the bolts though. And also, there was quite a few fast cuts along that weird ledge fight. Yes. Like even though we saw some really cool moves by Din and Bo, and even uh, Koska Reeves, um, (laughs) it it was very clustered and conjunct. Like kind of like just yeah, it was congregated on one small rock almost. It was a bit weird, but Din leads most of the Mandalorians out of the cave, well, a back way through the cave that ends up leading to this big open area, like a, like a, what's, what do you call, like, like an a imper- crack in the, crack in the land? A crevice. Cre- yeah, okay. It's, ravine. it's, a ra- yeah, even a ravine. I'm trying, like I'm back to, yeah, <laughs> Minecraft. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it was definitely an imperial base, which is why the walls with the rocks mixed in with that imperial kind of stuff yeah. looked like where, yeah, um, yeah. he took the call in the Shadow Council at the start. Yeah. And also those troopers were also in that place too, which makes makes sense for them to be... It also looked like that yeah. um, cloning facility on Navarro mm. from Season 2, a little bit. I think it's just because that's kind of like, the you could way, say, the interior yeah. of the Empire's fashion. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. um, so then Moff is like outsmarts everyone traps Mando and like a bunch of useless people <laughs> behind a wall Literally. and the, the rest are trapped by, behind another wall. Moff Gideon reveals himself in some really cool armour. Mm. Um, I was getting the Darth Maul Mandalorian yeah. armour vibes mm-hmm. from that with the horns. But on the also armor. the horns are similar to the horns on the armour as yeah, well. We'll mm. get into that a bit later. Maybe link sorry, to the are, episode's title. Yeah, sorry, these are theories. I think you can see where Jack's going with his theory. <laughs> <laughs> and so Din's actually captured he could have definitely... If he had the dark saber on him, I mean, that would have been better. Interject again. Why? I know... I know for story's sake, it didn't happen, but why didn't... They had the numbers on him with Bo with the dark saber. Why couldn't she just make a circle hole in the blast door where Moss was? I was thinking I instead, of, instead of doing it behind, yeah, having to kill Paz 
and then all of them could have 100% take Paz took out those troopers on his own, right? So even if Moff did fly away and the Praetorian guys came after, there's so many Mandalorians with Bo with the Darksaber, they would have taken out the Praetorian yeah, guards yeah. easily. When I was watching that scene, I agree, and it felt so long. Forced. No, just such, felt like they had such a opportun- like a long <laughs> to amount even of time. Open it, yeah. Before she even went to the back door, so hmm. she could have easily, even by impulse, unless, got the dark saber out to try and cut open the front to con- contradict door. my own point about that <laughs> already. Unless they didn't want to do that, because then they would have killed Din on the spot when they oh, were opening yeah. it, because it takes a while to open with. The... So I don't know, I don't know, but either way, surely could have cut the glass open. But surely any, uh, it just felt like they need to do that for the final for have Din to, for, for Din to be captured for whatever, how he's escaped or death happen. or whatever will happen to Din. Yeah. We don't even know where the other Mandalorians went. I mean, they're probably... I mean, let's let's remember, there's still a creature up on the surface where they just were. There's probably still super commandos and they have no waiting for them. No contact with all the ones oh, in yeah. the atmosphere. Oh yeah, no, they have point. no, they have they have um, Axe Woes went through the hole in the in the when the the troopers with the Beskar came. He flew up. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, he did. So yeah. he's not oh, there. Yeah, Axe yeah, Rose yeah, wasn't yeah, there. Yes, yeah. Yeah. So either Axe goes up there, tells... Oh, this could... <gasps> just interject. Axe goes up there, tells the fleet, then boom, out of nowhere, Armourer just kills him because the information's getting out and they don't want th- they want them to get sneak attacked. <gasps> Jack's oh, just my had God. a revelation for his theory. <laughs> Axe Rose's dead, I'll cry. <laughs> I forgot to mention that the Armourer did actually take the... The injured, the, the injured the Mandalorians up to the ship. Mm. It was a very, it was a very long, like, well, almost suspiciously long take of her and the ship just just flying, flying into up. It. Yeah, exactly. No dialogue, nothing said. Exactly. It was just her looking at the, the fleet and flying the ship. It was very strange. Yeah, exactly. She she is the spy in my opinion, but because okay. the uh, title's name was the spies and we didn't know who who they who, could be. They didn't. Uh, they didn't and explicitly. They didn't explicitly say who the spies were. You you assume it was probably those pirate dudes, but yeah, you don't. Well, that's what I thought. The, the survivors. Yeah, yeah but either way, they're not really pirates. Why did Why did the armorer go? Why did the armorer um go with them? You know, like obviously anyone could have fl- flown that ship. Why does the main leader for but Din's um cult cult had to go up? Mm. I know they probably weren't to know that the command suit. Oh, the super. I'm gonna call them the suit commandos. I think it's the, after it when they went to the base. <laughs> yeah, but if I'm, um, I know they weren't to know what they were gonna run into. But the armorer would be kind of useless. What would she do? Just throw a hammer and spanner at the at the troopers in the air? Have you seen that 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 coat she has? She definitely got a gun in the back <laughs> somewhere. No she shot. Doesn't have a, okay. All right. No shot. She doesn't have a gun for like these situations. And if yeah. and if so, then that's that's just lazy writing to have her only okay. use weapons well, on. of the armor. Yeah, but also in that sense, we think back to the pirate episode <laughs> called the pirate, um, and she was she, a sneak attack though. It that's was, why. but still, bang, 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 done. Rather than go, ugh, ugh, but ugh. But, yeah, true, true. <laughs> but but also for story's sake and for plot plot armor. You know, she anyone could have probably those Mandos probably could have just used their jetpacks, flew up and took out the gunner. But that's a sidetrack on the pirate episode. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, it was I know it was a big gun, but you have so many Mandos with jetpacks, you could just like, yeah, that's true. But just anyway. get Actually, I was speaking about of... to say that yeah. the the comparison that you were just mm. making, yeah. you could say Paz did that mm-hmm. in this episode. Mm-hmm. And speaking of Paz, um, he actually dies mm. to I was not expecting that some wicked Praetorian guard action. Who weren't the same look they, as they the weren't. Jedi. Thankfully. They had the T visor, which it could be the the process of from the Royal Guards Possibly. to the new Praetorian Guards we see. I'm going to propose a question, mm. because we're kind of done with the plot. Yeah, Would you 
watch a Praetorian Guards spin-off show. No. Unless there would it was it was the rumor was true that the ones that we saw in the last Jedi were some of the um, force wielders from Luke's temple that Kylo Ren oh, t- yeah. took from the comics. So if that happened, then I'd like to see because that will link into Kylo Ren's thing and then the Knights of Ren, and that will lead into all that sort of stuff. But alone, I don't think they have enough groundwork to work off. Here's and another question. Hang on, sorry. But, sorry yeah. Just wanted to say the reason I said no so bluntly was because I don't really like if this Jack comes up with an interesting idea, but to me at the moment they're just basically elite troopers. Yeah. And there's no real like reason. Troopers. Yeah, there's no real reason to make Actually, a story about. Here's a question. That, yeah. like, who wins in a fight? The ones that Praetorian guards we saw, or the Purge troopers from Fallen Order? Oh, These guys seem question. pretty good. Well, uh, but then, so this is my internal one that's to give question. you. The Purge troopers did did kill Jedi, and it was hard to mm. kill them, right? But Praetorian guards were also killed by. But these Praetorian gods are like different to the ones we saw in Last Jedi. Their weaponry weaponry was different too. And so they actually mm. seemed to be really really good at combat. That was a really good scene. They were efficient. They killed him fast, and it was a Mandalorian. Yeah. I know he's tired, but I don't know, man. Purge. Well, okay, hang on. Let's let's say Paz was actually smart and didn't have his gun overheat. I feel like he could have easily just Shut put up. them to waste. But were their best car? Did they have best car armor? Or was it like the plus? Well, that's you never know. I was going to mention when you said the T shaped mm. visor, it kind of gave me that Mandalorian Mando. sort of vibe. Did Paz even get a hit on one of them? Uh, uh, he he had one his... almost by the neck. Okay. He, yeah, he went and put his arm out, but then the other guy um went behind his I, neck and yeah. stabbed his shoulder his or something. Yeah. Okay. So um, you almost thought he was about to take out one, but no, there's just and also Paz was tired from. Yeah. Killing all those from people. holding so, the gun. So you pr- <laughs> no, from just running full sprint into into two troopers. <laughs> I think I think it was more that he was tired, so he wasn't at his full potential. No, we need either. to see more agile Mandalorians like in the Clone Wars. I think that's what Bo is though, and Cosca Reeves and I don't I don't think I've seen besides the two obvious scenes. I don't think I've seen Bo Katan use her jetpack like on the surface to even hover. Anyway. Mm. Yeah, well, I think that's it's just expensive CGI, probably. <laughs> probably. Yeah. They don't want to pay for equipment. I, I think mean, that's... Like I think... A billion dollar company. I honestly think, guys, that was... So, I think, guys, that's almost the main juice of the episode. However, for the plot... So, unless we want to... Unless you guys have something else you want to mention, we can go into... I had a few little theories. things I was going to say. Yeah, go yeah. for it. The first one was just another scene I liked, which was... I think it was pretty much right at the be- beginning where Moff Gideon walks into that Shadow Council meeting room. Oh, yeah, and all the and laser the, Yeah, gates. the, the um, barriers that remind me of the scene with Darth Maul, obviously. And Qui-Gon, yeah. That was yeah. the reactor room, wasn't it, for... in Phantom Menace? Yes, well, yeah. I can't remember what... It, I can't remember what it was... You know where everyone was fighting Maul and Qui-Gon at the end when yeah, they went yeah. through those gates? I can't remember why they had those... Like, like, that was a significant thing of the planet. I can't remember what it was, though. Of Naboo. Yeah, like it, it. I don't know what that room, why it was so like laser guarded, but it was something, something like that. But anyway, yeah. It's anyway, cool. and the other thing which we have failed to mention, I believe, was Hux. Was oh, it? Yeah. yeah, but that it's was supposed his dad. to be. Yeah, his father. Who like, cares? The sequel's father. But I just thought, you know, it was pretty. And he's working on the Necromancer, which is. Oh yeah, we're gonna get the, into that a bit. Which later. is a first order kind of more centric for Palpatine but also we saw Captain Pelion who was with him yeah. on Rebels with Thrawn, Thrawn, Thrawn yeah, in Rebels got yeah got there eventually it's a bit hard to say sometimes fast but he was um on the bridge and on, mm. on the ships with Thrawn a lot so yeah so I cool. just want to talk about Project Necromancer quickly oh, I was oh, just going to say wanna... one more thing if yep. that's okay, okay about that scene yep. it's also interesting to see like the factionalism with the with these Imperial officers and stuff 
because you know they're usually all working together. But there's, I think there was two of them specifically that were for keeping Thrawn in in the secret, in the dark, whatever it was, keeping him hidden. Whereas mm. all the others basically wanted to take the resources that Thrawn was using. I think Pelion and Hux were the only two who really wanted to keep yeah, Thrawn in hiding, and the other ones, and, and who yeah. were the actual ones that we had names for. The other ones were just, I think, random. Imps. Wait, who was that? Pelion, I don't know who. He was that a guy was. with like the Colonel Sanders moustache. Yeah, I know who he was. But the grey hair he from one. Again? He's from Is Rebels. He in Rebels? Mm. Oh, I don't He's really kind of a throwaway him. in Rebels, though. He wasn't really. He He's just in the books as well, isn't he? Yeah, mm. but he was. It, Thrawn was just like a lot of times in the Rebel show, just like Captain Pelion, go send a fleet down oh, to right. that kind yeah. of thing. Okay. Yeah, it wasn't like yeah. Just to add to your point, Mark, mm-hmm. um, gave me Andor vibes from the ISB Council. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's because true. they were also like talking about resource allocation as well. You know, mapping the star uh, stars as yeah. well, um, and especially that. Um, what was Starpath unit and where it lies within the sectors? And mm-hmm. yep. I just thought, you know, it was yeah, a nice a bit comparison. More, adds a bit more depth mm. to it. They oh. like they like sitting in like circular rooms, don't they? <laughs> yeah. The Empire. Well, because it's similar to the Bad Batch. Well, Even in fair, the Bad Batch, they mm. sat in a circular room. To be fair, most, <laughs> I feel like most meeting, meeting rooms have circle tables. Circular, yeah. Even Jedi Council circular. Even in real life. Even real. But like also, ah, my bad. I haven't sat at a circular table before. <laughs> no, I wasn't aware of that. If you think of like parliaments around the world, yeah, no, that's true. Oh yeah, this is what I was going to say. Also, guys, I oh thoroughly, goodness. I thoroughly, because this makes I thoroughly like. That's what I was meant to say initially. But with Moff, when he when he was talking to the Shadow Council, saying how he's heard, he can hear rumors from one side of the galaxy to the other, and he hasn't even heard a whisper of Thrawn. It just kind of, I know, like obviously we know Thrawn's coming, so it kind of. Um, contradicts what he just said, but it makes kind of Moff be like that figure that literally knows everything about the galaxy, mm. and that he's got eyes and ears everywhere kind of thing. True. Makes him like more of a threat, but which I kind of hope by the end of the season, maybe maybe we get to see Thrawn at I the end kill kill Moff or or disperse of oh, Moff so cool. easily just to give that kind of power shift dynamic to uh, how serious Thrawn is, that. you know, kind of thing. This is again very much a sidetrack. It'd be oh, really this is cool. A theory episode more though. It'd it? be really cool to see the Bendu in live action. Oh yeah, <laughs> the Bendu. Yeah. Oh, be cool. <laughs> the Bendu. What? That'd be cool. Yeah, it would be cool. Flashback, Kane and Jarrus. What? <laughs> yeah, Freddie Prince yeah, Jr. might show up. I agree yeah. that that would be really cool if we saw Thrawn show his power. Mm. Like he just, as you said, disposes of Moff. Yeah. Just so easily. That's mm. something Thrawn would do. Mm-hmm. And then it just. Because shows the Moff knows too much. Absolute beast he is. Yeah. yeah, Moff knows way too much. Yeah, that's why I mean I think he's gonna die at the end. Of he either dies episode. or he becomes Thrawn's lapdog. Well, they certainly kind can't of like say he gets captured again. Yeah, no, yeah, exactly. Yeah, nah, it would probably either be his lapdog, and like he'll be so under Thrawn, like a Hux kind of figure. Like it just it goes from him being the main villain in the first three seasons of Mando to like such a B grade yeah. leader. I just don't know why they would introduce him in like unstoppable dark trooper armor. Like right now, just to you know, keep him on. That you know would why? it's just so they make it more of a threat. The odds. Because uh. look how easy Moff was defeated by Din with the Beskar spear when Di- when Moff had the the dark saber kind of thing. Mm. Like he got so easily bested. Imagine him against all Mandalor. Like next episode, we're definitely going to see Moff having to use that armor, right? Oh, but yeah. the only I think my main opinion is that he's got that armor. One either a Jedi is going to come or maybe Grogu will save Din, mm. unlike Din saving Grogu in the last season. That would be cool, yeah. This is another very random point. <laughs> but this is what we're doing. Yeah. Um, did you guys notice that, and I thought this was a nice touch, 
when Moff Gideon asked the imps to disarm Din, the first thing they removed... Do you guys know what it was? Did you say what it, it was? was? His, um, not the, it was his... Whistling wrist, birds. Whistling yeah. birds, yeah. And he knows that he uses them all the time yep. in a crowd of situations. Although, have we seen them this season? Don't know. Uh, this season. I have thought about that a few times, actually. Mm. Anyway, this season, we literally see Din not in any sort of action scene at all. So he's not had to really use the whistling birds in a congregation group kind of thing. Except like he's, he's flying around chasing after kids that are captured by dragons. Yeah, literally. <laughs> All right. This was a point I wanted to bring up a long time ago, but we kind of got sidetracked. Let's talk about Project Necromancer, yeah. because I did a lot of digging into what it could be. There was not a lot of information on it. I'm assuming it's a new kind of term that's being thrown around. It's Palpatine. But I finally know what it is. It is, yes, essentially trying to speak with the dead. Mm. That's why... And that explains why it's called Necromancer. Yes, that's... Yep. Speaking with the dead, and dead. obviously exactly. it's bringing back Palpatine. That's that's what it but is But that song about. is funny when it was Hux's dad that was in there. What kind of shows that, like, oh, he's a lot more, not of an Imperial remnant, but he's probably more of the wanting to build a whole new kind of mm-hmm. Imperial yeah. collective kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Or at least under the breath of being called the Empire and just changing their name to First Order. I'm surprised that Moff wasn't in charge of it. Oh, Gideon, sorry. Um... And and Pershing as well because he wants his own thing. He literally oh, said yeah, true. he Good literally point. said he literally said to the Mandalorians after capturing them. Did he literally, did he literally say, literally say literally, it? He literally said that he wants to breed a new new kind of trooper with the, that's when he mentioned the, the Jedi, trooper, the yeah. ultimate trooper with Jedi Mandalorian armor kind of thing. Yeah. So that means a force sensitive trooper that can be or, cloned. That can be cloned like the clone troopers. I always thought about that because I was like. Why not make a clone army? I know it'd be hard. But with, like, force abilities, boof, nothing would change. They wouldn't have got overthrown by... Oh, if they had the chips in the head, they would have been Jedi versus Jedi, but I was oh, that would have been sick. Oh, never mind. That's a big spin-off again. Sorry. Don't say sorry. This is what this podcast was, discussion. Um, I've got a list of things here that I kind of want to discuss mm-hmm. a little bit. First thing I noticed, when we were on Coruscant to start, it felt very much like Molana 1 in Andor. I don't know if you got that vibe. I didn't, but I can now that you've said it kind of... It was of very bright blues understand. and Elia Kane even walking looked a bit like Andor kind of walking into Or, that or for you, you sci-fi nerds out there, it was exactly like Blade, Blade Runner. Runner. But the reason why I keep mentioning Blade Runner, guys, is because it's literally like a base foundation that reminds you of Star Wars with those kind of night light cities and you've got those robot android things and Officer K, mm. which walks like Elia Kane. <laughs> she wants to be like him, which it never will. The way be. she walks through like the alleyways looks funny. Not not thought, the way thought, she I thought, walks. I thought, I thought it was a dude for a second. <laughs> <laughs> that could get me cancelled, but <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean the way she walks was funny. I just mean like walking she kept through. Looking over her shoulder. She looked so. No, yeah, but I just mean like I know it's the point, but walking through all these like shady alleyways mm. and stuff so she can't be followed. Mm. I know that's the point, but I just found it funny. Mm. Oh yeah. Okay. No, I want to do this one. I thought that when the um, the Mandalorian fleet was flying through hyperspace and arrived, very much felt like like a rebellion, like a small rebellion fleet, or even that small resistance fleet that I know you guys don't care about the sequels, but it felt like the small resistance fleet that went to the Exegol initially. Thought that was a nice. True. Touch. Also, I can't remember what what I can't really like hum the sound of it. But the music that was playing behind it is like, isn't that like the sound that always plays with like bow, like the triumphant bow kind of bow katan music when the ships were blasting off into hyperspace? It wasn't the Mando theme like it was when 
they were initially leaving um, with the pirate crew on Mandalore, because you know how that played when they were... Oh, yeah. Yeah, but it was like that other theme that we heard a lot this season, but only this season. I'm pretty sure it's Bo-Katan's okay. updated theme. I, I don't whatever. quite remember. Yeah, I'm not sure with the music. Um, it's just a comment anyway, yeah. I want to talk a bit, little bit about Bo-Katan. So, when they're aboard that uh, ship with the Wanderers and kind of reluctantly all sitting together at a long table. It reminded me very much of Harry Potter when they're all in the Grand, uh, Great Hall and sitting along their house table. Um, Paz and Axe Woes start to get into a fight. Oh, I like this scene. And Bo said something that was really odd. Yeah, she said... Was, um, this is going to happen eventually said, Yeah, she said, this is going to happen eventually. Din said, should we step in? And Bo said, no, no side can step in. And I was thinking in my head, but you can because you're both sides. <laughs> That's true. Didn't think or that. slash you're not both sides. But it makes sense that Grogu stepped in because he's yes. not really part of either. Correct. Well, Correct. Yeah. Which was cool. I was not expecting Grogu to step in. No, I wasn't either. Um, I mean, <laughs> no. It's good to see him finally <laughs> be able to interact in a way that's a bit more advanced than what he's been able to yeah. in the past. Mm. I don't really like I guess the the how he controls the droid but it, it does I'll admit it's good in the fact that it actually means he can do stuff now well I think it's funny there's only two gear sticks and he's able to control the whole robot with it like arms included that's yeah, something you're that's, not meant to think yeah about. I think that's just something you're not meant to really you just like nitpick, nitpick literally mm. um, do you guys have anything else to add yes done. I do kind of said how my words, cool or good is it that John and Day riding mm. something like this. You'll notice that we've gone on so many tangents and theories and everything. Mm. I think it just comes down to really good riding. It's not filler. When we get something that we can like theorize about, it means it there's something to there. So much more discussion. It means there's something there for future episodes or future major plot developments or story beats. Yeah. But I think that gives us. I know John's not working on Ahsoka, but having at least Dave be partially you know, a good rider, obviously, for the Clone Wars and everything. It'll be really good, hopefully, to the Ahsoka show. So, yeah, hopefully, he's Dave in good hands. Dave knows what he's doing. Uh, he does. Ahsoka, especially. Mm-hmm. He's his brainchild, whatever you call it. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've got a question for you guys just before we wrap up. What do you think is the most likely outcome next week? In terms of how the story wraps up. I have no idea. I'm kind of going into it without any expectations. Okay, that's so, a good way to go in. But I do like the idea that Jack had before of Thrawn just completely disposing of Moff. No, yeah, that's that would very, make, that's I would really love to see that. Yeah, that would be a rage though with having Thrawn show up. But um, I really do think it's going to be a major... I think it's going to end on like a bit of a cliffhanger but not as big of a cliffhanger like Luke and gr- taking Grogu and then yeah. kind of not knowing what happens after that. I think it's going to be a... A major sad episode for someone, maybe even Bo, maybe Din. The way they're kind of making this season, I feel like a lot more other Mandalorian-centric and not just focused about Din and Grogu. Which has been slightly annoying. Which has been a bit annoying, but I feel like it could be some major... Or, like, even not dead, but, like, just as we said before, like, mind-controlled for the Empire or something, and they're going to have to go back and save him and stuff. I don't know. I feel like it's going to be a sadder episode, though. 
Could be. I reckon something big will happen. And he always I... removes his helmet every season. We haven't got that one this season yet. Mm, I, I, good point. That's a good point, yeah. I, but I was just saying um, something big I reckon will happen, but I don't think, at least for Din, I don't think he'll, he'll die or anything. Yeah. Interesting. Well, I... It's kind of hard to know what to expect. There's definitely been some plot points, but... We've got so many loose threads over the season that mm. if they're not all wrapped up in this finale, it's kind of like, what's the point in it? I mean, I'd really, to be completely honest, I didn't really expect that the IG-11 plotline would ever get any finality at all. But it's IG-12 now, oh, to, to I, you. I know how it's going to end, actually. You do know. Yep. What, what is it? Jack Black is going to come in. Oh, <laughs> save the day with his God. crew from the yep. Underdome planet with battle Jack, droids. Jack Black is going to oh, save actually, the day. I did forget to mention, apparently it was rumoured so long ago, long ago that Boba Fett was going to actually show up in, uh, oh, yeah. in a show. And for two episodes. For two episodes, apparently. I think that uh, that two episode thing is a, definitely a lie. Oh, yeah. Which well, means absolutely. maybe... Clearly, which clearly maybe there's only one that's left. That's what I'm saying. Which maybe means he isn't even showing up next week. But next week, him showing up and maybe even saving Din... He's heard rumours or heard heard the mm. distress a distress beacon call or something what would was be the so last cool. We saw him again. Book of Boba Fett. Yeah, I know. Walking. I know the show. He's but... literally just oh, walk, yeah. he's walking it, walking through Tatooine after all the rubble, and was like, kind of basically just like, oh, this life isn't for me. And then so now you're like, oh, he's not going to rule that place anymore. Okay. <laughs> It'd be cool to see Boba Fett again. It would. Actually, I've got one more question for you guys before we wrap it up. Yep. Unless you guys want to say anything else. I want a simple one word answer from you: yes or no. Is there going to be a post credit scene at the end of the episode? Yes. No. <laughs> I'm going to say yes, there will be. I want there to be, but I'm not getting my hopes up, so no. The reason I say yes... Simple yes or no has gone wrong. Is honestly... <laughs> I'm sorry, but I want to explain why. <laughs> no, I waited, I waited. I... <laughs> I'm saying yes I hadn't put any I, I've said this a lot haven't I I haven't put any thought into it <laughs> Mike you just don't think no I just wait and see what happens I feel like that you know you don't, then you don't get disappointed as much that's what I'm yeah. saying that's what I'm saying I'm saying no because the only time it did was last season with Book of Boba Fett tease but I think that was almost because it was like Boba Fett just dipped into hyperspeed and, and just well, literally then, yeah and then just that was it that was literally the end of him, so I guess you had to show a post-credit scene for that. And also, I don't think even I don't right. think Boba Fett well, was meant to come out. That's that. No, that it wasn't. Was, everyone was saying, even John was like, "Yeah, it was meant to be Mando," but Kathleen, <clears throat> <clears throat> <laughs> no. But now that I think about it even more, it kind of makes sense with Ahsoka coming so soon, and they've mentioned Thrawn already. Mm. So maybe it'll be something about Thrawn. But also, does that yeah. mean we're gonna eventually get? Remember, like it was tease, rumored know? also that. Now with the updated CGI graphics deepfake that we might get an even Luke Skywalker um, limited series of him doing his artifact hunting sort of similar to like Battlefront 2 kind of stuff. That'd be cool. So then that could link in because he was one of the main protagonists for the Heir to the Empire books. Okay. And now it's kind of like Ahsoka I feel like they're going with. Mm-hmm. Like maybe having a good cameo with, um. well obviously, she's looking for the rebels and stuff. In the Heir to the Empire books there was no, what's it called, Kanan and all them. <laughs> was there, so yeah. No, well, was that set after... Before it was the rebellion. It was yeah. It was no. It, no. It was. I think it's between four and five or five and six. Oh, it was okay. one. It's been in between one of the yeah. But that's why it's kind of like it's obviously going to be a little bit different. But also got the help from Timothy Zahn, the writer of those books. Oh, I yeah. can't Thrones. wait to read the books. I've had them for ages. If you don't have, if you don't have the other ones, I got some too. Yeah, I got like all five or six of them. Really, so. I'm gonna go off on one more tangent quickly. I know. <laughs> I know we were just like talking about Mandalorian, but now I want to talk about Boba Fett, like just for a little bit. <laughs> 
and just to show, I want to see Cobb Vanth again. I don't oh, know why. No, he was such no. a good character. No, no, no. What do you mean? He should have died against Cad. Why is he? He should have. He should have. I, I admit he should have. No. But it'd be cool to see him back because Lame he's horse. an interesting. He's an interesting character, <laughs> and he's you know in this world that is different, unique, and Stick has to a your different own show, Cobb. But... <laughs> Corn on the cob. <laughs> <laughs> Keep him away from me. I shouldn't have said anything. All end right. it now. Yeah, alright, I'm going to end it there. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next week with the finale. See ya. And See ya. season recap. Right. See ya.